Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. I'm Diaz. And I'm Adam. And we're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Stringjoy. Uh, Stringjoy makes amazing strings. Um, I use them. Chris uses them. Scott uses them. Uh, I don't know. Adam, have you ever used them? I have not, but I, I, I hear good things. <laughs> yeah, mostly because we put it in the notes. But um, <laughs> it just uh, that's our notes. It just there. says Stringjoy. Good things. No, so if you want good strings and some good things, you should uh, check out Stringjoy. Go to stringjoy.com. Uh, they do custom sets, which is probably one of the coolest things. Uh, half mm-hmm. half gauges, crazy stuff like that. Um, and we also did an episode with Scott from Stringjoy, so you can always look back and check that out. Uh, yeah. so, Another cool thing is oh. they will actually help you pick out a set. So if you're not sure what you need for like a custom set, send them an email. And you don't even have to send them a bribe either. That's a yeah. lot cheaper now. So just do it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that goes into what's new. Uh, Chris, anything new going on with you? Um, I survived uh, swapping out my first electrical outlet today. And it has me concerned for the rest of the wiring in my house because the ground wire was not connected to anything. Nice. <laughs> that dirty power, so. that's how you get all the good tone. Uh, that, that explains why I've had like so much like buzz and stuff in the house. Yep. So, all right. So, Marissa, anything new with you? No. All right. That's easy. That was uh, fun. Diaz. <laughs> I always forget. Like, I always, like, I don't know. Maybe all my new gear stuff has, like, blurred together. Uh, uh, did you sell anything? I did. Did you sell? I've got, well, I've got a bunch of stuff up for sale right now actually um oh and that reminds me i've got to do this really cool thing um so sinusoid great company great guys uh albert who works for sinusoid uh his family got hit hard and a lot of his friends and that's where he's from is from the panel from panama city and they're actually doing a cable that's for sale right now um if you're listening to the like back on this it's probably not for sale but you know one of the things they do on these big disasters stuff like that is they make a special cable and they donate mm-hmm. proceeds to help those people so go check that out i've actually got my uh, boss ph2 up for sale uh, and when i sell it all the money is going towards that um but that was my i've almost forgot that i was supposed to do that um but yeah i sold my g70 my wireless system I think that was okay. like kind of last week, but I've got a bunch of stuff up for sale because I'm still riding that HXFX train pretty hard. <laughs> nice. And, then, right, and uh, Adam. Yeah, I would actually just say uh, the first sinusoid cable I ever bought was for the Houston uh, yeah. hurricane and uh, high quality cable. Uh, I use the two that I bought uh all the time and uh, so if you can uh, if you need a cable or if you just have the ability to buy one and you know you can always use an extra cable go uh, go over to sinusoid and check out and if they've if they're not doing that anymore if you're listening back uh, just buy a different cable from them so mm-hmm. there you go uh yeah new i got a uh line six power cab and a blackbird mini pedal board which are not related pieces of gear but uh, it was cool <laughs> to be able to check out both of them uh, when I got them in, one I'm going to keep and one I'm going to flip. 
Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Which, <laughs> are we leaving wait, wait. that up to a uh, mystery? <laughs> hold on, this is kind of crazy. Hold on. We forgot to say who Adam is. Everyone's just like, who's Adam? We just randomly replaced Scott. This is now Adam. So <laughs> this is actually, so this is Adam Dolhanic. Um, if you're in a lot of the groups we're in, um, you've seen him around. Uh, Adam, what's your nickname for uh, on 60 Cycle Home? Uh, the Inboxer. He is the Inboxer because I think he was the like the main person who actually sent them emails in the early days. Yeah, I, I yeah. was yeah. Uh, driving a lot of ads. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you you were the ad king at one point. Um, but Adam d- has been, you know, he's done stuff with uh, the Church Collective. He's a contributor there. He's on their podcast fairly often. I think you said you were just on this past week for them, right? I believe what is as of as of this date the most current one I am on. Okay. Okay. Most current one. And then you also do, uh, man, I'm going to miss that word conferences with them as well. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I've, I haven't gotten out to the East coast conference yet, but I am, uh, I'm pretty firmly, I guess, a fixture now at the West coast conference, Mm -hmm. uh, which is weird for me because I am the world's okayest guitar player. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not a pro and there's this one time of year where I get to go to like, it's like going to band camp Mm -hmm. and I get flown to California and I get to spend a weekend, uh, just playing music and talking about guitar. And it's like, it's like my fantasy camp. If they want live coverage, (laughs) I'll be more than happy to be flown out to California (laughs) and and hang out with Adam for a few days, but, uh, or however long it is, is I'm guessing it's probably, is it a few days or just one day? Yeah. I'm, I'm usually, I think this last year I was down there um, Friday to Monday. Okay. That's pretty cool. And then, but you're, uh, like you're actually a pastor. So you're turning into like the pastor who like plays guitar as well. And like, they're going to yeah. get a guitar player and they're going to be like, Oh, here comes pastor Adam. He's going to want to play guitar again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I hope not to be that guy. <laughs> we all know that guy though. There's yes. always that one pastor. Oh Yes. Man, I can, I, I, as soon as I said it, I was like, I know exactly who that is. Yeah. And then, uh, but, uh, and also the funny thing about, cause Adam said he doesn't know if he's going to flip stuff. Adam is like a habitual flipper. Like, I think you're addicted to it. It's kind of like gambling. I don't know about addicted to it. It's how I buy stuff. So I, 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 it's like a job. I need to go to work. Yeah. You're a, and, but you're like, what, there was a show where people would always start with a small item and they had to flip up. Yeah, that that's your that's your thing. I like watch the pe- the the pedals as they grow. You're like, you oh, yeah, because so, didn't you like, like flip up to a Titan or something? Yeah, cow. Was that you? He flipped up to a, for a full a full cower. Yeah, yeah. I actually have. So I'm I'm looking at my two cowers right now that are paid for by flipping. <laughs> yeah, because you got the one the that has the, like kind of like the Pan Am design, didn't you? Yes, I have the Pan Am. Yeah, and. Uh, that's what we should have talked about is secrets to flipping. Uh, you know what? I feel like I'm just gonna everyone should just send Adam a pedal and see what he can turn it into. And somehow we can get <laughs> somehow he can make some money off of it. Like I'll send you like a DS one and fifty bucks and you can send me a timeline back. <laughs> uh nah, it, you know, it's just it takes time and I part of doing the flipping is uh you have to be willing to get the small flip um mm-hmm. as much as the big flip. So I, I made a hundred bucks off of a, off of a pedal recently. And the same week I made $10 off of a pedal. And last week I lost $5 on a pedal. So you have to be willing to kind of play the long game on that. So Adam's every once in a while, I'll put something up for sale and Adam will send me a message. And my first thought is 
this is totally not going to happen, but I'm going to see how far we can get with this negotiation. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it's true. I'm probably, so, so to, to end the surprise, I'm probably going to flip the uh, Blackbird pedal board okay. because uh, as we're going to talk about later, I don't use pedals anymore. Um, and I always liked the idea of maybe using pedals again, but um, <laughs> I will say it was cool because I've heard of them for years and it mm-hmm. was neat to be able to get to see their build quality up front. And I'm impressed. Uh, I think they build a solid board and um, it wasn't packed terribly well and survived the journey all the same. Um, mm-hmm. But the real reason I bought it is because it has a pedal power uh, or a Voodoo Labs digital okay. as the pedal, as the power supply. And I bought it for what the board is worth. And, and so really it's like I got the, oh, nice. the power supply for 10 bucks and that's nice. the flip. Yeah. So Dude, that's awesome. Um, on the, you've, you've played probably a lot of cool gear then that's like, that'd be pretty cool. Cause you get to test all the stuff you get and you know, you I've to, tried a lot of stuff, um, <laughs> because of the flipping. So has, have there been any pedals that you've gotten where it like, you don't even like take it out of the box like it's get sent to you and it's already up for sale and you're like, you don't yeah. even touch it. Yes. Um, is it because and, you've and owned it before or because like you just had no interest in it? Mostly it's because I've owned it before. Occasionally it's because I have no interest and rarely it's because I just, I would love to have, there are pedals I've gotten through that I wish I had had time and I just didn't. It sold quick and I was busy. And so, yeah. you know, there's, there's only been one time I did that and I actually regretted it. Uh, I, I got an RV five. I like, I got a really good deal on it. I think I paid like, it was, it was before the RV six came out and everything. I think I paid like 70 bucks for it. And then I did that plus some cash for a blue sky. And that was before the big sky was out. Yeah. So that was, that was probably the only time, but like the RV five didn't even get plugged in. I kind of regret it. Cause I should have given it a better, like should have given it a shot. That, that happened with a uh, MXR carbon copy, and to this day, I've never played an MXR carbon copy. Oh, man, <laughs> I know. that's a great pedal. That's what everybody says. You know what? But I can, I'll say this, though. I've owned three of them, and I don't own one currently. Sure. I, I mean, it's it's a great second delay. Um, but it's like, the, it's like the Boss DS1 of delays. Like, everyone's owned one at some point. Yes. It seems like everyone's yeah. owned one, and they've just... They never keep it. It's kind of like the full tone OCD. Like that's everyone's first like boutique drive to slash. See, distortion. I don't think I've owned either one of those. Or the full drive. Um, the yeah. full drive too. Yeah. So, so the um, the Caroline Guitar Company, the the Haymaker, their overdrive pedal. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I was talking to Philippe about it when it first came out, and he said that he considered it like the Scotty Pippen of overdrive pedals. That you've got your Michael Jordan, and uh-huh. you need that like number two guy. And that's how a lot of people are with delays. They want their primary delay. It usually has tap tempo. Maybe it's a timeline. Maybe it's um, a DD 500 or a DD 20. And then they want that second delay to be something different. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a, an analog and they don't care that it doesn't have tap tempo. Uh, I think the mm-hmm. kilobyte delay kind of fits in that, in that vein. They like, um, they're like, they know they can kick both on and get an ambient sound. Exactly. And they don't need, or it's like kind of like that, that like a good lead guitar delay that yeah, doesn't like need to be in time. Yeah. Um, I have my kilobyte delay. It's the only pedal I, I have never sold. And it's always set to a very specific rhythm um, sound that I just know I, I know I can turn it on and it'll do that one thing. 
So <laughs> yeah, so the uh, the Blackbird's going to get flipped. The power cab I'm going to keep, uh, but the power the, liking the power cab precipitated my posting my Benson Monarch amplifier for sale. So something's oh, wow. getting something's getting sold. It's just not the power cab. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Sorry, awkward yeah. moment. Go ahead, Chris. I'm used. <laughs> I wasn't I'm sure so, what you were doing there. So, well, I was. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm we used to being the guy. Read. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, our we only have a couple of things in news this week because I think we have a pretty good topic. Um, the first one is a sound Brenner, I believe is how it's pronounced. Core. It's a four-in-one smart music tool. Um, it can do vibrating metronome, uh, magnetic twist. Tuner, why does it say twist tuner on here? It's a headstock tuner, essentially like it magnetically clips to one of your tuners, which for the price of 160 bucks, I would not trust, you know, clipping that to a headstock tuner (laughs) at all. Um, But also has a decibel meter. And of course it does like a watch. But the thing that stood out to me was having that uh, decimal meter on there because it kind of opens it up to, you know, like your sound guy too. Oh, well, and like, the sound guy can be like, uh, no, Brother Steven, it is not too loud. It is only 89 <laughs> decibels look. in here. Look at my watch. <laughs> brother Steven doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, Brother Steven. <laughs> it, it, it's Sister Karen that cares. Oh, yeah. Bless his heart. No, He's I just got- mean he doesn't care. He could, you could show him that it's it's only, you know, 80 or, or 60 decibels. He wouldn't care. It's, it's too darn it's loud. It's still too loud. Yeah. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Yeah. It's a literal the sound system's literally off. It's still too loud. That's just your yeah. vein throbbing in your hearing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think it was well, yeah, so, so they like blasted there was something close to this, or it might have been this product, or maybe another product by this company that was blasted on Facebook. It had to have been yeah, I think a, they a few months two. ago. And like they just like it was just everywhere. But it was a really cool thing. A lot of people were it was one of those things where like so like your aunt is tagging you because she saw it and because it said mm-hmm. musician she's like oh yeah jonathan needs to know about this but uh, uh, the other thing was the oh, shit, i just lost the name uh the pulse which is a uh, hundred bucks so if you gotta think like that's what the, is it 70 it's called the pulse is 60 that 70 bucks more yeah, that's the other thing okay, that that's you the probably thing. saw. Yeah, that's the thing that was like, going, this. Yeah, this seems really cool though. It definitely is one of those. I don't know. I don't. I couldn't see you wearing it all the time. I mean, I couldn't wear it all the time. But um, no, like it's definitely a cool tool. Uh, I've always been kind of interested, like the pulse metronome. I don't know how I could hand, like how I'd do with that. I mean, it'd be cool if it could, like, get synced up to, like, if you're running clicks or something, but I feel like there'd be some, like, delay in that getting synced up, so that could probably be a disaster. Then like, you come out with a watch where if you hit the wrong note, it's, like, electrically shocks you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be in the version 3. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a new firmware coming out. <laughs> Alright, uh, so do we have anything else to say about that before we move on? I, I think it just comes down to how accurate the, the decimal reader is and whether that's a gimmick or not. Because if it's, yeah. it's it's reasonably accurate, then it's I, worth it. I wonder how, it's, like, I wonder how just how someone could put semi-decent. Yeah, I wonder, just with the technology we have today, I just couldn't imagine putting out a subpar decibel reader. Like, I, I don't feel like there'd be so much that would, like, jack the price up 
from like a dis- yeah. you know just to have a good or even if it's within like 5 db that's not a huge difference that even if it's reading you know short or high that, i'll go stand behind a jet engine not a deal breaker you know how close it gets <laughs> uh all right, so the other thing we had to talk about is the Catalan bread, how do they say it was a nye compressor? Adam actually pointed this out to us, so I'll let him talk about it a little bit if he wants to. Yeah, this is a super sad story in a way. Um, Nick Harris, who, um, and I think I think there's a reason they're, they're making it clear that it's called the nye compressor, because uh, I think a lot of people were con- thinking it was called the Nick compressor or the Nick, Nick press or whatever, um, just mm-hmm. because... Of, of Nick Harris, but he was the founder and owner of Catalan Bread Pedals, um, who made so many uh, pedals: the Bell Epoch and um, the uh, the Topanga. The Topanga, yeah, the Topanga, uh, which is my favorite of their pedals. Um, the Semaphore. There's a bunch of of uh, the Galileo. A bunch of um, oh yeah, the, really, the Galileo looks that that thing yeah. nailed a nice Queen tone. Yeah, and and really like around let's say like 2010 to like 2014, they were kind of like some of the top dog innovators, all that stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think it was 2015. I was still living in California at the time. Uh, he's from Portland and he died tragically. There was a windstorm and a tree fell on his car as he was driving. Um, and, uh, so real sad story. Um, uh, I know where, uh, I know where Catlin bread's offices are. Um, I go down to that area. Sometimes I live in Portland now. And, uh, uh, the story is that this was the last thing that he breadboarded, which is a, if you don't know what a breadboard is, it's basically where, uh, designers, um, put components and, and things to, to create a circuit before they put it in a pedal. And so this was the last thing he was working on. It's a, uh, it's an FET compressor and if you're trying to look for a comparison, you're only really talking about the Cali 76 compressor. Mm-hmm. Every other FET compressor on the market is pretty much a rack-mounted unit. So um, it's a neat idea because there is a place in the market for an alternative to the Cali 76, and it's not mm-hmm. claiming to be a, uh, a UA1176 clone, but there is a place in the market for more FET compression pedals. Yeah, because didn't um, uh, Bondi come out with one? Yeah, um, they're they're one of the ones, but there's not many. If you yeah, no, um, no, no, that was like I think that's honestly like one of the only ones I can really think of because usually they're mostly based off of a Ross compressor or yeah. uh, what's the Orange Squeeze? That the Orange Squeeze is essentially the same thing as a Ross compressor, but it's different enough that yeah. um, and if you if you've ever been to there's a website called uh, Ovni Labs, O V N I lab.com um and he primarily focuses on bass guitar but he it's it's a website devoted to compression pedals and he has a wealth of information there and so you know for at the time of his writing he he breaks down like vca compressors are like your boss cs3 uh your maxons um and the keely limiting amplifier are all vca and then ota compressors are like the MXR, the Ross, the Dynacomps, the Keeley, the Wampler, and, and most boutique compressors. Um, so FET, there's definitely a place in the market for it. And it has an onboard EQ and gain control. So it actually might also be kind of a secret weapon uh, gain pedal. Um, the X-Pandora circuit, which the JHS Kilt is based off of, is mm-hmm. functionally a compression circuit uh, that 
has gain involved. So, um, and the Effectrode Comp, which is an optical, uh, tube optical compressor, that has a really cool gain setting, so you can actually make it an overdrive. So, this could be a really fun and versatile pedal. I, th- I think it's a cool, if, you're, if this is going to be your last pedal, this is a cool way to go out. Yeah. No, it, and it definitely, like you said, it, it's hitting a part of the market. And I think, and that's like the big thing is people don't realize that how many different types of compression pedals there are, or how many different types of like compression styles. Like, I mean, there's, there's different stuff out there. Cause like the, uh, you said the limiting amplifier, um, and that's like the compressor pro, like there's different, yeah. there's different styles, you know, and, and like, this is pretty cool. I, I want to check one out. Yeah. I think, uh, compressor pro would be kind of a comparable, you know, if you're looking for a comparison in price point and all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's worth checking out. I think if, uh, you know, in six months when the used market starts hitting, uh, with them, I'll probably check one out and be good to go. Nice. All right. Uh, I lost our, uh, document. Here we go. Okay. We're on. I know I'm on, <laughs> it. I'm on it. Yeah. So what? our topic this week, uh, since, Adam has been, I think, in the digital realm for quite a while now, right? Uh, solidly six months. Okay, and then Diaz has also been in it uh, for quite a while. Yeah. So I'm, we're going to have... Yeah, so we're going to kind of have like them compare notes of like moving from analog to digital. That's and not Adam fair, because Adam he, actually has notes, like... Yeah, he really does have. So notes. Adam will be comparing notes. Yeah, he'll be seeing what Diaz uh, can pull out of his butt. <laughs> Listen, but I, yes. I I know I'm not a smart man, so you're gonna actually hear yeah. smart stuff for once on this podcast. Besides stuff Scott yeah. says, but he's not. Here. Yeah, and I don't really have a like chicken in this fight or whatever because I'm still usually analog. So <laughs> I'm gonna be coming into this with like an open mind, and yeah. As long so as really our, our goal, of, our goal trying. is to convince you. Yeah. Basically. We, so we need, have at it. We need to convince <laughs> Marissa to let you buy That's it. That's it. There gear. we go. Let's convince the boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, so which is the real challenge there? Convincing me to go digital or convincing Marissa to let me get something? <laughs> well, that's a good no, question. Marissa, Marissa, what will it take? I don't care. See, that's the okay. whole thing. Like everyone thinks everyone wants to act like Marissa's gonna control them. Usually she's the one that's like, no, buy it, buy it. Yeah, she's the one that like buys things. Exactly. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> she I'm pretty sure she bought a guitar like right after we got off the air. I'm just yep. perpetuating stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> so um we talked about Adam like flipped a lot of gear. Adam, you've been known to play a lot of high end stuff. So you were talking about the Cali 76 you've owned probably more than any other human, probably more than origin <laughs> effects has owned somehow. I have, I, I would, I would say safely. I have owned more. I, I've got to be in the top 10% of like owners. Yeah. No, you've, you've owned quite a few. You owned one that I really wanted, but I just couldn't afford I couldn't make happen. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. I, the, <sighs> I know the one. So yeah, the, um, <laughs> I I've had nice gear for a long time and, uh, it didn't start out that way. Um, you know, what got me into nice gear was digital gear and it was the Strymon blue sky. And yeah. th- the reason was that I wanted 
I needed an ambient, an ambient delay or an ambient reverb. And I also wanted a good amp spring kind of reverb. Mm -hmm. And because the amp I was playing at the time did not have reverb. And so I was getting ready to put two reverb pedals on my board. And then I did the math and I realized that a Strymon was cheaper. One blue sky was cheaper than buying the two, uh, two other pedals. So that's kind of what got me over the hump. Like once I got over the idea that yes, I could spend $300 on a pedal. Um, then with flipping, it kind of became, well, what, what can I get and what can I try? So, so I've did, had nice gear for, for a number of years now. Uh, been did really you flip fortunate before 60 cycle hum? Like, were you flipping before you started listening or did they kind of spark that or very limited? Um, I had, I had flipped a King of tone okay. and I had flipped a, a small number of pedals. It was maybe like it was maybe $10 or $15 flips. So I was aware of it in concept, but I didn't know how much I could do with it. Yeah. And, um, and 60 cycle hum definitely like put me in perspective on, um, how much I could do with it. Um, Mm -hmm. but I would say the biggest contribution that that podcast gave to me was being okay with, uh, cheap gear, which is the, the, the ironic thing. Um, but when you're okay with cheap gear, there were times where I would, have the nicest version of whatever pedal sell it and get a very good cheap version so that I could fund something else. Mm -hmm. And that kind of cleared the road for me. Well, yeah, because you, where you landed before you went really digital was very high end stuff. Uh, And yeah, I'm sure you still own some of it, but you've owned how many, you've owned a few Benson amps, haven't you? Uh, No, I've only owned one. Uh, I've, I've got the, I've got, Benson Monarch number seventeen. Do you still um, own that one? I it's it's for sale, but I still own it. Oh, okay. Um, I'm looking at it right now. In fact, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had uh, I've had some nicer amps. Uh, my my rig before I went digital, if I remember right, was a a big box Cali seventy six with the Lundahl transformer, which goes for like nine hundred bucks now. Yeah. Uh, it's not worth it, and. The I think I, I think I went from the Cali seventy six to a uh, Klon KTR to a um, I think it was a I think I was going from that to a Strymon uh, to a Chase Bliss warped vinyl hi fi to a Strymon timeline to the Strymon Big Sky I think or no I'd gone to the Ventress uh, Source Audio by the uh, the, uh, the Source Audio Ventress so that was my rig it, it was all pretty high end stuff that's that's top of the line in every like area. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, but you flipped a lot of it. You flipped up to. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Um, do you think that you've personally like messed with the used market at all? That's a good question. <laughs> it was a random thought. Like maybe you're the reason I've, why the the nine hundred dollar seventy sixes are out there. I've yeah. never thought of that. Um, this became I an can, intervention really fast. No, the, <laughs> the Cali 76s, if, if I have, if I have messed with the market, it's that I've generally pushed it down hmm. because if you're looking over, um, reverb sales and their price guide, then I've actually had guys when I'm trying to flip something, they throw the reverb price guide in my face and see, well, this just sold for this much. And I go, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I, I got it for that much. But if um, you ever see like a random reverb price guide where, where there's like one sale 
that's like half the price. That's called the Dolhanic effect. That means he just bought something. <laughs> that's not that's not outside of the realm of possibility. Yeah, that's that's very possible. Um, I definitely affected it in the um, Pelican Noiseworks fifty fifty. Um, yeah, you guys were talking about it last episode. That guy that was trying to trade the fifty fifty for like a king of tone or something. Yeah. And yeah, I, he, he bought that from me and then tried to, <laughs> tried to flip it back. He was, That's right. I, we were talking about that. I think you were in the inner circle at that point. We were talking about it. That yeah, might, that, it was you. That's who it was. Yeah, it was me. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes <laughs> to digital though, like I was used to nice stuff and, um, and so I've, you know, I flipped, you know, everything I bought was off the proceeds of flipping. Um, and I don't keep everything. I appreciate that, you know, Diaz is selling that pedal for charity. And, and I, I try to be charitable with not just flipping proceeds, but if I have a pedal or a piece of gear, um, there are times where I've, I've tried to be generous to younger players because people were generous to me mm-hmm. when I was a younger player. And I'd encourage anybody who's flipping to find a way to be generous and, uh, and not, not keep a hundred percent of your profits. Um, but uh, when it comes to going to digital, the story for why I did it was I was at the the most recent Church Collective West Coast Conference, which was last spring of uh, 2018, and I was on stage um, doing doing music for the conference, and there were three electric guitar players on stage, uh, and when I showed up, I just had a, a, a kind of a mini uh, pedal train board. And they said, you know, bring your, bring your guitar and bring a pedal board and, um, and then we'll, uh, bring a guitar, bring a pedal board and then, and then, uh, we'll plug you into our, one of our amps. I said, cool. And I showed up and I expected like a Vox AC 30 or a Fender Blues Jr. Something like that. Yeah. Like a basic backline. Yeah. I was just expecting a basic backline tube amp uh, because that's what I had had before. I think the year before I had played through a, a Fender Blues Deluxe. And they said, oh, here, let's show you where you're plugging in. And I walked backstage and it was a Dr. Z Z-Rec. Hmm. And I was like, wait, this is amazing. I've always wanted to play through this. And in, in their little amp room, it sounds fantastic. It's by far the best amp. And then the other guitar player uh, is a guy named Rick Matthews, who owns a, a Matthews Effects. Mm-hmm. He got the Fender Blues Deluxe. And then the other guitar player is a guy named Chris Bellamy, who's a, a studio musician. And he had his Kemper with him. And in the front of house and the in-ear monitors, um, I couldn't tell the difference. The, the three $4,000 Dr. Z amp didn't sound any better than the Fender mass-produced amp. And I couldn't tell the difference with the Kemper. So that got me thinking. And I, uh, I bought a Helix and a Kemper from Sweetwater at the same time. Cause I could return one, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, I really liked the Helix effects a lot, but the Kemper's, um, amp stuff was so much better that I decided to keep the Kemper and some of my pedals. And then I kind of, uh, supplemented it. I remember actually listening to this podcast and, uh, Diaz had said that you should always get the remote with the Kemper because they're harder to get used. So mm-hmm. I had, I had bought the remote and I had a hybrid pedal board. I was like a, P, a pedal train PT junior with the Kemper remote and 
um, I kept, uh, I think I was using the Effectrode comp and a, uh, and a Klon KTR and that was it. And then it, all the delays and the reverbs were off the Kemper. Um, and, but I kept missing certain effects, especially the compressors and the, some of the drive effects from the helix. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I picked up an HX effects because I could sell the remote and sell those pedals and control the Kemper through MIDI with the HX effects. And I ended up, you know, making money on the deal because the HX effects was cheaper than selling all the, the parts of my board. And I was really happy with that. I switched to a full helix because I got a, a screaming deal. And this is one of the cool things about being on the gear forums is that you, you get, you build friendships and relationships. And, uh, a guy named Tim Belent messaged me and said, Hey, there's this deal on a website. And I know that you've been eyeing a, a full helix. So I ended up getting a brand new helix floor unit, the, the, hot, the flagship model for $600 off brand new. Holy crap. Wow. And, and they, it was like 10 people grabbed the deal. They, this, this company in Minnesota had made a mistake and they posted the real deal and put it at the, uh, Helix LT price, but they were really cool about it. They honored it, uh, full compass audio. I think they're out of Minnesota. Um, they were really cool. Their customer service was really excellent. And, uh, so, the reason I got the Helix was uh, for MIDI control. MIDI control and having the extra um, foot switches was just a, a lot better for what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I, I got to the rig I have. But the the impetus f- or the thing that pushed me over the edge was realizing that when it came to amplifiers, the Kemper was there. And then trying the Helix, I realized that the the effects were so, so good that I could live with... Um, I could live with certain things that I miss from analog pedals not being there for the overall uh, benefit that I was getting. And the uh, the Helix user interface is actually amazing. Like um, the I, I don't know if you've played a Head Rush, but the Head Rush has one of the coolest interfaces. But that's because it's drag and drop and it's a touch screen and all that. But I was a little nervous about going to the um, using the HX effects because of like adjusting the signal chain, stuff like that. It seemed like it would be tough to learn, but it's actually pretty intuitive. It's, it's surprisingly good. And, um, you know, the guys there's an, uh, from fractal, uh, like to throw shade and say, you know, oh, the helix is just a, a pretty screen, but that screen matters. It Especially does. if you use a Kemper, the Kemper has a horrible user interface. Mm-hmm. I'd and agree. you get used to it and you learn how to work with it, but it's not intuitive and it's not easy. And so when you've, when you've got something that's incredibly easy to, to work with, it's intuitive, um, that makes a way bigger difference than I think some of these builders take into effect. So one um, of the biggest things that uh, Kemper users have been crying about, or not crying, but I mean crying for like... Yes, we've been crying. Not well. It's not literally <laughs> crying, but like like they've been crying out for you know as a group is a uh, like a desktop app, something uh, like a, a user interface that you can control. Because right now they've got the rig manager, which is, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. It's barbaric Wait, compared to. Does the Helix not have? A desktop software? No, it does. It does. That's what I'm saying. Like I was about yeah, to say, because like Line Six has always historically had 
No, they've got software. no, no, no. They it's and it's actually pretty great. The HX yeah. edit. Um, they just came out with the two point seven. Yeah. Um, it's it's really good. Like I I enjoy it. I, I so I have a laptop that went down, and one of the biggest things that I hate doing is having to like set up at my desktop and edit because it's just not i don't have it set up for that to be easy so i wanted to get i'm actually fixing my laptop so i can hook up my hx effects and just be able to uh like use that to edit and it's simple and the kemper just is not simple to edit it's it's really a, like a tweaker's delight like if you like tweaking every little parameter but it's just mm-hmm. so tough because you have to move page to page and it's a small LCD screen that you're using and it's not as intuitive as the the Helix and that I've actually thought about going to the full Helix floor model and still having my Kemper but like just kind of using that more and so I could go and just plug in and do that just because the software is so much easier to use the 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 interface on the full Kemper floor model is so good that you can get away without using the HX edit. The HX mm-hmm. edit is better and it's easier, but not by much. Just they because really, you can drag and they, drop. Like that's probably the easiest thing is because you yes. can drag and drop things. Other that's, than other than drag and drop, they really did it right. The, yeah. The HX and, effects and I and the HX stomp prob- would would really, you know, the edit software works out great for it because you don't have that giant screen but the yeah. floor model just it's it seems amazing it's it's really good and i i think that um that's that's it's just it's that kind of workflow the ability to to do stuff on stage because a lot of the stuff that these things are designed for they're either designed for studios Mm-hmm. Or they're designed for people to do all the work ahead of time and then go play live. But that's not how live music works. Yeah. And that's always one of the big problems where um, when, the, when the iPhone first came out, you couldn't text pictures. And the Apple engineers all said, well, why would you need to? You can just email pictures. And that's great if you work at Apple and everybody has iPhones and everybody's family has iPhones because they work at Apple. Mm-hmm. But my mom, her little flip phone can't get email Mm -hmm. and I need to be able to text her a picture. And so, so it's that, it's that lack of imagination that somebody could want to use my, my product for something beyond what I've thought of. And, um, and all of these companies are guilty of it. Line six seems to be able to see past it better than most. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the good so here's one of the things too. So we're supposed to try to persuade Chris, um, to go digital. So he, one of my, one of my new like arguments now that I'm using like the HX effects, because I, at first I was really kind of nervous about going digital with my, uh, compressor, well with my compressor and my drive. But like, when you think about it, think of like your favorite guitar tones on an album it's it's been digitized it's not like you're just getting a raw recording like everyone's like oh we'll just plug straight into a marshall and it'll sound great it's like okay if you're going for this sound like it's especially with a lot of newer stuff it's not like they just recorded like 
through the pedal board into the amp and that was it they add effects afterwards they add compression to that track and all that and i think like if you just get past the fact of number one you're you've got like all these analog pedals i mean like half of your quote-unquote analog pedals aren't fully analog anymore that's a big big part too like think about like people are flipping out about the line six they're like oh it just sounds so digital da, 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 da. like okay but if you look at your board the last two things on your pedal that your chain's going through is a timeline and a big sky which are just computers in a big box mm-hmm. and you've you've got that running into the front of an amp which it's not it's not even like a clean amp it's almost dirty and you're putting your delays and reverbs into that anyways you shouldn't be trusted with tone in my opinion but like you're running through digital anyways why not just go all the way and just make it easier on yourself i agree with that um the the other thing is the cost the the price point is the biggest thing i hear I think people have. I think I think a majority of players have come to terms with the fact that all the things that Diaz just said is true, and then price point comes into play, and they say, "Well, the the Helix Floor, the main flagship one, is." I think they just dropped the price because of the stomp, so it's now fifteen hundred dollars. But if you have a if you have the Strifecta, the Mobius, the Timeline, and the Big Sky, that's fifteen about fifteen hundred right there. Yes, and and so well, when you think about the, yeah, the way mean, they justify it is because they're piecing it together. Yeah. Bro, yeah, you don't Z, it all at once. Z sounds 12 months, same as cash. You just pay 20 bucks for processing. There you go. You're splitting it up. Yeah. Like, who, like, why? I mean, the only reason why you have nice pedals is people are like, well, I save and I buy. So, so you kind of flip or you're, you're adding value as you go, adding cash to deals and stuff like that. But, if you think about the money that you're spending on shipping pedals, um, if you lose money on a deal, if you buy a pedal new because you can afford that one and then you sell it used and buy the one you want, all the money you're cycling through, you might as well just buy something big and nice and just do it. Sell your pedal board. You, you're running a $4,000 pedal board into a $500 amp anyways. Just sell some stuff. Yeah, it, it it's it's really more cost effective than people realize. And this is me and yelling at a year ago, Diaz. By the way, this is me getting hateful because <laughs> this because everything I'm saying is exactly what someone would be saying to me a year ago. And that's understandable. I mean, I first bought a Line Six Pod XT Live, um, like I don't know, 2004 or something like that when I first bought it, and it it was had some cool things, but it you know, people would say, oh, it's just as good. And it wasn't. Um, and I, and I think like the pod HD 500 and some of those things, like they were good for what they were, mm-hmm. but there was this, you kept hearing people say, oh, it's just as good. You can, and, and it, no, it wasn't No. And no. you have to get over that prejudice of previous products. The line six spider is terrible, but the line six helix is not. Well, okay, yeah. and even then, the DL, look at look at all the good stuff Line 6 made that was a staple. The cool thing that, one of the things that I didn't realize until I really, like, before, until I, like, bought the HX effects and was investigating, 
it has all of those pedals, the, the, like the legacy stuff. That's literally one of the ca what the category is called is legacy stuff they've already put out that was amazing back then. Think about the whole the 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 four series, the DL four, MM four, all that stuff that were were staples on people's boards during like the music that you absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. There's yeah, a lot of so a lot of people still use the DL four and then the MM four. So if a person's saying like, why should I do this? I actually would say some people shouldn't. Um, somebody who's new, like a, a, a newer guitar player, a younger guitar player, I think shouldn't, I think they should do a basic startup board. Um, you know, mm -hmm. for, for 300 bucks, you can do pedal train, nano, a one spot power supply and patch cables for a hundred bucks, 50 bucks for a tuner, 50 bucks for an overdrive, like a, a soul food or a boss SD one, mm -hmm. um, boss DD seven with a tap for like a hundred bucks. That's 300 bucks. Yeah. And, and that's a good starting place because as much gear as I've gone through, there are still things with the helix that it feels like too much options for me. And I don't yeah. fully understand some of the controls. Um, and I think if you're a brand new player or if you're new to gear, you've, maybe you started as an acoustic player and you're switching, it could easily overwhelm you. Well, and the helix is, we talked about it being intuitive is it's set up like for someone who's been messing with pedals before like yeah, that's another thing too like like you've got like on the hx effects like the drive the mint the mintar minotar mint i don't know why i said mintar sorry minotar it there's three knobs it's got a you know the the tone gain all that stuff and the three knobs match somewhere so it's like messing with a pedal and you, I mean, if you're going to jump in straight to that, I'd agree. Don't do it. That it'd be, it'd be a lot that you don't understand too. It's kind of like whenever your first car is a Porsche, <laughs> well, maybe not a Porsche. We'll say a Beamer. Definitely not a Honda Civic. <laughs> it's, no, it's no Honda Civic. It's well, one of some, <laughs> yeah. In some ways, like if your first car has like no, you know, you're just focused on driving. Yeah. Um, whereas like my, I just bought a new car and it, it's a computer. What'd you, um, what'd you start off with when you flipped up? <laughs> He's like, I, start, <laughs> I started with a 1989 Pinto. This is my new Lamborghini. No, I, flipped no, for it. <laughs> I wish I could flip cars. Um, but yeah, so, so I think a, a younger player or a less experienced player should start analog. And there's probably players for whom it makes a lot of sense to stay analog. Um, but I think, uh, for a lot of us now things, the, the, the technology has gotten to the place where if you were at a church player and you have an amp room and even non-church players, you go to venues and they have an amp room somewhere, then there's no difference. Um, and, and I'll say that the, the line six power cab and some of these, uh, FRFRs, they're good enough. I plugged in the, the Kemper to the power cab and it was is great. Sounded fantastic. So, so we're getting there mm -hmm. and we have gotten there in a lot of areas with the technology that, um, I could see, you know, you asked if I had messed with the used pedal market, I can see digital platforms affecting the market. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'm a little concerned about that for, there, from my own personal standpoint, there's a, and there's been like a big push. Um, I'm, I don't know if it's just my feed, 
it's probably because I just joined a Helix group or something like that. But like that's all I'm seeing, <laughs> and like I might just be like self aware um, now. It's like oh gosh, I'm one of them. But uh, <laughs> it seems like there's a big push all the way around. You know, it was a thing too. I was expecting to join the Helix group and see people like just praise and worship people and stuff. There's a lot of like heavy gigging musicians who are using these digital products and a lot of it's based on reliability as well. Yeah. I mean there, you know, you're going to hear the stories of like my Kemper went down during a gig. It's going to happen, but you're also, you don't, you also don't hear that much because it's, it's an accepted common thing. I blew a tube during the first song. Something happens happened. all the time. VP junior, string broke and now i need to buy a 400 dollars volume pedal because i don't want to spend five dollars and fix it yeah and that and that's and that's the thing um it'll be interesting to see if all of these i'm selling everything to get a helix uh people in a year or so decide to sell the helix oh i restart the pedal board i've seen it i've seen the i've seen the will trade helix for fully loaded pedal board yeah um that that's an interesting question, but uh, it's it's there. I think it really comes down to open and closed systems, Chris. Like if you if you as the hypothetical, I'm thinking about going digital. Uh, a Helix or a Kemper or a Fractal is a is a mostly closed system. They have mm-hmm. um, FX loops so that you can, if you have your favorite pedal, you can still use that with the Helix or the Kemper. Mm-hmm. But if you prefer having a modular pedal board so that you can switch pedals in and out and you enjoy that. Um, there's no reason to switch. You're, you're, you're having a good time and you're, you're enjoying life. Like great. The, if you don't mind being in a mostly closed system, I'm using whatever line six gives me, I'm using whatever Kemper or the aftermarket community give me, then, uh, you'll find the benefits are, are there for you, but it's just a question of preference. Yeah, I was a little nervous about going HX effects mostly because, like you said, there's that closed system. It's like, am I willing to trust every sound I want? But the good thing about these digital platforms, too, is they can expand. That's like uh, the everyone's waiting on the new reverbs for from Kemper to come out. You can add to it, and that's a cool thing, too. Then it's like getting a new pedal for free. And the thing I'll say about line six is there's so many different sounds. I don't think there's something that you like won't be able to find except for polyphonic tracking. Yeah. And, and, and that could happen soon. Yeah. And that's another thing too. It can, it can come to fruition. It can happen. Like if they work on it, it, that'll be the thing. Honestly, out of all, line six is the one I expect to see a lot of new stuff from Kemper. Not so much because Christoph apparently thinks it's perfect the way it is. Yeah, um, that that is the the challenge of uh, some of this stuff, because um, like like when it comes to the digital stuff and you're thinking about it, you start talking like, what's the best one? And there is not a best all-in-one yet. I think no. Helix is probably the best all-in-one, the full Helix, but the amp models are not as good. And, and, and this morning I was trying to dial in some amp stuff with the Helix and it was fine. It was usable. Um, 
but the then I, I turned on that one. Then I turned the Kemper on, uh, and it was oh nope, that's it. That's a real amp. Um, but Helix seems to be really okay where where it's at, and Kemper, like you were just saying, is really okay with where it's at. Mm-hmm. So it um, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon. I think it's just a question of what you're going to be doing with it. Like um, if you are looking for more of a pedal board solution. Line six or fractal. If you're looking for more of an amplifier than Kemper or maybe fractal, mm-hmm. um, the you know or 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 pedal boards, the head rush or the uh, there's the the boss has don't, theirs. Don't do the don't do the head rush. No, I'm not advising <laughs> it, but you know, yeah, uh, I, that I'm was, understanding. I definitely that was one that I plugged into, and it was just kind of depressing. It yeah, was but not. We pl- we play live. Like I know we're not gigging musicians, but we do play live. Yeah. And, um, you know, I could see for bedroom warriors where they're just saying, you know, I don't want to put that kind of money into something right now. Yeah. That's, I don't have a problem with that. Head rush. Head rush is more. Yeah. I think that would be like, if you, if you were to be a brand new guitar player and you'd want something digital like that, I'd say the head rush is the way to go. But the, I don't know. I just I thought it left a lot to be lacking. the The effects weren't great. The amp models weren't great. I mean, it was it was it was kind of like eating spaghettios and that has meatballs on it, but you don't really like the meatballs. But you take them out and deal with it. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm just open to the the if idea. That, so I, if that makes sense to anyone, yeah. So I oh, it makes sense to me. Chris, what's stuff. Chris? What's like if from a person who does like almost all analog stuff what's Uh the biggest like thing that would stop you from going digital i think my biggest thing has always been like the feel and touch that you can get with like an analog like amp so like if i'm plugging into i like marshall or vox that's got some gain on it um you know Am I going to be able to turn my volume down on my guitar and get the same effect with the digital system as much as I can with the analog or what? Yes, I would say, well, definitely with Kemper. Kemper has amazing response to any change. Um, Kim, if you're, if you're worried, if you're more worried about your amp situation, Kemper is definitely the, the place you need to start. Um, Must, like drives even though i know like the helix has like what six okay. four six okay the helix has loops the, the all right so the i'll say this i i feel that the helix has the better drives by far mm. and but the thing that is amazing about the kemper is there's a lot of profiles that are profiled with p- drive pedals in front of them that sound great in my opinion um yeah like you there's the most common ones are you've got a centaur like a clon in front of it um a king of tone in front of it and the cool thing about those two with the different profiles are they a a good pro company that profiles are good group like tone junkies um sala sounds they do it at different gain stages as well so with Mm -hmm. the kemper if you're going to adjust the gain on the kemper is when you start getting away from the really natural amp feel because it sounds best at what it was profiled at. 
And, Which makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and then whenever you change your gain and you're changing these parameters, it's kind of using formulas to say, well, it would probably sound like this. But it's guessing. Yeah. I, I think if, because you, um, you do the Green Day cover band, right? Yeah. And then you do church stuff, right? Correct. So if you're, if you're doing, like if you had my setup or, or, or Diaz's setup is pretty similar. If you have a Helix and then you have a, a Kemper, um, you set up a song uh, for your, you know, your, you set up um, a basket case uh, by Green Day. And you can either just set up a basic generic Green Day rig and use snapshots and presets to to switch sounds. Or you can just set up for a song and say, for this song, um, this is what Billy Joel was using. And I'm just going to go verse, chorus, second verse, bridge, you know, however you want. Yeah. It. And um, I I love some of the gain uh, amplifier sounds, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and sometimes you know uh, the overdrive isn't the way to go um, because what we're doing as analog players is we have a, a a platform with our amplifier and we have it kind of set to cover a lot of different bases, but none of them a hundred percent. Instead of too. saying like my my go to church rig. Um, I have a clean tone, which is a, um, it's based off of a, uh, it's based off of a Princeton, but the, t- the Tyler amps version of the Princeton. And then, um, my delay tone is a AC 30 profile with the vintage silver bell, uh, speakers. And then mm-hmm. my drive tone is it switches it. it it's a, cr- right now it's a cranked AC 30. Um, and before that it was a, um, an orange thunder verb. So, so it gives you a lot of options. And then on, I have like a modulated, like a chorus, uh, Johnny Marr kind of sound, and I'm using a, a milkman creamer profile. So, so you could switch between all that. And, and as a gigging musician, uh, it's not about the drives as much as it's about the amps. And then you can just switch between, you know, here's my, here's my rigs for, uh, for the, the green day cover band. Here's my rigs for church. Um, and then I'm ready to go. It's, it's, it's incredibly versatile. Uh, for for the gigging musician, yeah, yeah. So buy one, Chris, so we can win the argument. <laughs> Marissa, hurry up, get on reverb, go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's like always been my holdback too. Is like I was like I had the M series Line Six stuff, so like I'm already, and like I think you made the. Uh, comparison with like the Strymon stuff it's like I've already been doing like 50% digital on everything yeah go all the way since, since I've like started playing so I think I think I think you listen now I, I'm a firm believer I think everyone should run HX effects with the Kemper and that's the that's where the that's where the tone's at because <laughs> I run and I run the four four cable method so everything's all set up nice and fancy yeah and honestly the drives and the line six pedals the the hx line they're just phenomenal yeah i'll definitely have to give it a try next time like we see each other since you have the helix it's it's worth doing um and and then when you have both it gives you flexibility because uh you know i can take the helix for like um if I was doing like a, I don't know, a youth camp, church yeah, youth camp or something. Like bringing the camper. 
Yeah, and I just don't want to mess with it. I just bring the helix. Um, yeah. Now I need a full size helix. <laughs> yes. Jeff. You do. <laughs> you do. She's actually going to come in here. She's going to be like, what? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> You'll I'm not see. Nothing. I'm not Adam says nothing. I need a helix. She's going to be like, well, Adam says that you need to go sleep on his couch. I'll be like, he's in Portland. I'd love to go. <laughs> it's like, okay. I've wanted to go right, to the well, Pacific uh, Northwest. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Adam, for joining us. I know we've uh, we've just hit the hour mark, so I know we all got stuff to do because we kind of got a little late start tonight. So yeah, definitely welcome. thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, totally. and you can um, check out uh, Adam on the Church Collective podcast, and uh, you could always send him a random friend request and find things for sale. <laughs> yeah, if you, you want to, uh, the, the Church Collective podcast is available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. And uh, my blog, realworldworship.org, is where you can find out uh, the truth about JHS pedals. And we'll hopefully have Damn. those links down below too. Uh, I can't believe you'll get them sent to me. But <laughs> well, that'll be next time you have me on. Yes, next time we're gonna next the next uh, episode with Adam will be pedal building conspiracy theories. <laughs> Four oh part goodness. episode. Right. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be the day. We'll, just, right. we'll make those our holiday specials. <laughs> oh my gosh, Halloween's next week. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> All right, so uh, I also want to thank uh, Stringjoy for sponsoring this episode. Uh, like we said at the beginning, uh, they do custom strings, half gauges, uh, and they also help you figure out what gauge will work for your particular guitar and what kind of like feel you're going for. They can wind your G. They can not wind your G. Whatever you're down or with, They can G. unwind it. Yeah, whatever oh. you want to do with your G, uh, they'll do it. Keep it real, G. Ain't nothing but a G thing. Ain't nothing yeah. but a G thing. Oh, okay. So, all right. <laughs> is singing rap songs. That means it is yeah, time so to we're stop. We're going to try to wrap this up. So, thank you all for joining us. Make <laughs> sure you leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at The Effects Loop. Uh, join our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash The Effects Loop. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, the link will be down below because we have not hit that threshold that we get to have the custom URL. Um, mm. But we did publish our Lambertones demo last week, so go check that out if you haven't already. And you can also email us at thefxloop at gmail.com. And I think that does it. So for the effects loop, I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. I'm Diaz. And I'm Adam. And we will see you guys next week. All right, see you guys. Bye, guys. Bye.